You're listening to Two Pauls and a Pod. I'm Paul Merriman. And I'm Paul Reed. So guys, in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Sinead Glynn, a solicitor for MHP, um, a set of solicitors. Sinead, thanks for coming in. Uh, this is a really important topic. Uh, I'm delighted we're going to be covering the podcast and dedicating a full episode to this topic, Paul, to be honest with you. Yeah. The reason being is that from a financial planning point of view, when someone comes to us for a financial plan, we'll ask them to give us all their financial information in a questionnaire, electronic questionnaire. One of the questions we'll always ask them is, have you completed a will? Have you done a will? Um, and honestly, 90, 95% will say no. And then we do the consultation we'll ask again, have you completed a will? No, it's, oh, we must do that. And we spoke about doing it. And they know they should do it, but they don't understand why. So I suppose, Nate, to start us off, can we ask you, uh, as a listener, why people need to have a will? And let's go through the very basics of why the will should be put in place. Um, look, I mean, as a, I say really one of the most important things about making a will is, is actually the financial planning of it. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, you will ask people, and I mean, I ask people my age and a lot older, my parents are in their 70s and um, won't make a will. Right. Still won't make a will. Um, they refuse to like? Refuse point blank to make a will. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, my mother keeps saying, oh, you all get on, it'll be fine. Oh no! Yeah, but, that's like yeah. the start of a there's there's always murder one, mystery. and we all know the one in the house that's going to do it. But I mean, yeah. financial planning is it like a housekeeping exercise? If someone comes to me to buy a house, the one thing I'll say to them, you know, if you have assets at all, or if you have children, you should have a will. I mean, well, the children's the big one. So can yeah. we start there if you have kids? Because I mean, the, the the main thing I would say to somebody, and obviously not a solicitor, from a financial planning point of view and experience, would be that the the, the the unfortunate conversation or the unfortunate event that somebody passed away or both people passed away is kind of important to put into a will who wants to look after the kids and what's going to happen there is to stop a custody battle between both mm. sets of families or anything I don't know that's not a nice topic to speak to somebody about yeah. but I think it's a, a it known, needs to be talked, to be talked about yeah. and, it's, and like I said a very very small chance of it happening obviously especially for both parents that pass away uh, before the child gets to, to, to full adulthood but um, yeah what would you say to that or why would you think from but children I mean, if, you, most if you have pay, if you have a, a couple we say we say for example if they're married and they would come into me to make what's known as a mutual will so they'll make a will two wills in one so they'll make a will leaving everything to each other yep. but then they also have to provide for what happens if the two of them go at the same time or if something happens one after the other and they don't change the will what happens to the kids yep. um, so if you have if if you have young children you cannot leave significant assets to them because they're under, under the age of 18 years they're not going to be able to manage it financially um, you also have to see who's going to who's going to look after them. You don't want you you may have two sets of family that are not going to get on. Yeah. And because um, if one parent dies first, um, if they're married, the survivor is automatically a guardian, um, so they don't have to be appointed a guardian. But if the two of them are gone, then um, you will find that you know oh, I'll always ask that someone say, "Oh, my parents," and if you ask them what age their parents are, oh, my parents are seventy eight. I'm like, well, That's is not it, is, happen, is, yeah. it, is it is it is it wise to have a seventy eight year old? a guardian of children who are two and three and they're not going to be 18 for another 15, 16 years. Yeah, it's not. So, it's not. I mean, so what, what I say to people there is, is, you know, you have to appoint a guardian and you have to appoint trustees, but where are the children going to live? Yeah. That's yeah. the easiest way to think. And he was going to look at them. Actually, for people that are listening to this now, <laughs> I, I, I know what's going to happen. You're going to go home and you're going to look at each other going, who are we going to ask? 
and every couple does this you're gonna pick out who you're go- not gonna ask for <laughs> yeah, yeah. you're gonna go well, that brother not a hope that yeah, sister yeah. is a bitch not a hope uh, <laughs> and, uh, your mom not a fucking hope at all again like, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're gonna whittle your list down to everybody you don't want them on yeah. your kids and then settle on one or two people but sorry just, to, just to reaffirm there that you're not talking about your family it's an no, example family no not an example yeah. family I love my brothers and sisters and my mom yeah. uh, and my in-laws <laughs> not my in-laws either so but you're right it's a really practical conversation to have uh, and where to start off with who's going to mind the kids you mentioned two things not to get two tentacles right away so you mentioned the trustee uh, and obviously uh, we're going to talk about executors as well so can you bring us through a little bit of technicalities of the will and the terminology so people understand because you're going to hear trustees you're going to hear executors etc so let's start there before we get into this okay so if you before you go into your solicitor you should do your sort of homework first that's what I say to people just to um, it save time and, and money because if you have all the information before you go in um, um, it's easier to kind of give the instructions so you have to think so if you're going to make a will if a husband and wife I keep talking about a husband and wife but if they're committed to me to make a will they normally point each other as the executor the executor is a person that administrates your estate with your solicitor after you pass away so that's the person who will go through your stuff at home to see where your bank accounts are um, where are your deeds to your house if you have any investments they will look at all of that if someone comes in to me to make a will I, I, what I normally do is get them to complete a schedule of assets and liabilities and in this schedule it will just list I have a bank account at Bank of Ireland I have a credit union account my deeds are with my bank because I have a mortgage mm-hmm. I have a life policy you should list all of that and you go yeah. in so in the event that you have an executor who is not your spouse then they will be able to have the list with the will and they will be able to see where everything is. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the person who is the executor is the person responsible for dealing with your solicitor and kind of trying to gather in the asset of your estate after you're gone. Yep. So that's your executor. Your trustee, then you may need to appoint trustees if you have minor children or children with a disability who will always have a disability. Obviously, if you have minor children, they're not able to manage property they can't execute deeds because they're under the age of 18 years and they don't have capacity in law to do so so you have to appoint trustees to manage their benefit mm-hmm. a lot of the time the trustee and executors will be the same person, same person yeah. yeah because they practically they're the ones that's going to be making the decisions looking after the kids and and but again, if you're that couple, you're thinking if something happens to both of us yeah. together, you'll probably pick a family member to be, yeah. yeah someone you trust. Someone you trust, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I mean, some people will want solicitors to be executors and trustees. I I don't like it. <laughs> there are certain trustee companies that we would use for our clients where mm. they, they'll have a trustee, depending on the size of the estate, where a trustee yeah. will be outsourced and the trustee doesn't even charge until unless it kicks into force that they have yeah. to become the trustee of the estate. And you can set rules up for people as well. So you can say you don't want the kids to have access to money until they're 25 mm-hmm. or 30 years of age or they must have done ABCD in their life. Mm. Uh, they mustn't be a prat. Uh, <laughs> I'm messing. Uh, but you, you put certain rules in place as yeah. well that you can, you can build around the trust if you want. But it does depend on the assets. The one thing I will say as well, why, why people might wonder why we always ask why people have a will. Is that when we do a financial planning consultation, we get the person to complete that statement of affairs. So we ask somebody. So very, very often when someone comes in for a financial planning consultation, Paul, it'd be the first time they've ever put everything in one place. So it's nice to know who the solicitor is or where the will is because it can be updated. So if they come back to us for the review every year, which they should do in a financial planning capacity, it's kept up to date. So we like to let solicitors know that we exist and then we know who the solicitors are. So if something happens, we have the most up-to-date statement of affairs. We know where the pensions are, the cash, the assets of the couple. So it's really good. And unfortunately, people don't do that necessarily unless they come in for a consultation, especially people that are maybe in their 40s or 50s or 60s because they've gone through maybe 
you know, two or three decades together, just a massive assets and current accounts and savings accounts and bonds and credit, whatever they've got. Uh, and they don't record it all. And it's a nightmare trying to find all these things yeah. then at the end as well. Yeah. Especially with people moving jobs and pension plans these yeah. days. You could end up with assets all over the place by the time you get to 60. So them, yeah. another good part of a financial plan is having it all in one place. Um, and that's why it's important to find out where the solicitor or who the solicitor is or have they got a will made or not. Okay, so you're going through the executor, uh, the trustees. What's your biggest tips for couples coming in or single people coming in, whatever the situation is, um, in relation to, you mentioned already, having everything laid out. Uh, yeah. And obviously you want them to have to consider who will be minding the kids or who will be the trustee. Anything else you think they should be considering before they walk into the office? I mean, obviously, if, if they have significant assets, I mean, unfortunately, there isn't that. I don't meet that many people who have significant assets. But if you have significant assets, you may might you may want to appoint a professional trustee like an accountant, yeah. financial accountant, a solicitor maybe who might specialise in that area. Um, but if you do that, they're under the will, that professional person then is a child entitled to charge for the service as executor. So mm, you have yeah. to tell people that um, when they're nominating them. Um, Most don't, nominate, don't charge until the event has happened it, anyway. Has happened. Yeah, yeah, so unless yeah. you've passed away, oh, yeah. you're now managing the estate, just so people know. Yeah, you're not so going to get mean, a bill will, today. The will only comes into effect when someone passes away. Exactly. So the majority of the time when someone comes in to make a will with me, the will goes into the safe in our office and it's never seen again until half the person passes away. But yeah. I mean, if someone comes in to me to make a will and they're young or it doesn't really matter what age they are, I say to them when you're going, you know, if your circumstances change, you should change your will. Yes. So I mean, if you hypothetically inherit from an estate mm -hmm. if you win the lotto yeah. <laughs> something like that you might need to plan out your estate in terms of taxation better 100% yeah. you know so change your circumstances change your will like, the, and again if you I like that change your circumstances yeah, change if you, your will if you, if you if you a single person comes in to me to make a will and then they get married the will is null and void so marriage revokes it what boom there you go, Polly. Never get married. <laughs> <laughs> That's another reason why you're yeah. still a bachelor, isn't it? You, you just didn't want to change. You just didn't want to change your will. I don't want to get married. Yeah, cut me ass. Took ages. Yeah, no. So, wow, I didn't single know that. person gets married. No, I, actually, I didn't know that. To there be honest. Go. So there you go. There's another another one for today. Mm, yeah. Um, can we talk about then cohabitating couples? Because I think this is another one that a lot of people don't understand, especially when you're buying a property together. So if you've got a couple that aren't married and they go into solicitor and they buy a property um, and one of them passes away, there's an inheritance liability on the other person because they're still strangers treated by tax. If you buy a house for 400,000 euro with yeah. your partner and your partner passes away, you now really have inherited 200,000 euro half of their house. But there's different ways to set this up from a legal point of view, uh, Sinead, isn't there, in relation to how the, the purchase is structured, how the estate is yeah. structured? So if someone, I mean, I do a lot of property as well as wills now. So if someone comes to me, if a couple come to me that are not married or two friends are, are, are buying a property together, you you have a choice to either buy it as joint tenants or tenants in common. Yes. So if you buy a property as joint tenants and, and one of you pass away, it automatically goes to the survivor after some, like you don't have to take out probate or anything like that. But if that happens and like hypothetically if a cohabiting couple come to me and say we want to buy a house together I'll say you're not married and the guy usually goes all red and gets really nervous <laughs> <laughs> will kind of give me a look on the yeah, side yeah, but yeah. you Stop have to, if, if she dies first or he dies first they automatically inherit from each other so if you have a house worth 400,000 euro and and the survivor earn, it takes takes on the, the deceased person's share that's 200,000 euro of a 
a van asset they've mm-hmm. got under that person's estate they're only entitled to 16,250 tax free which means there's 83,000 783,000 183, yeah. 183, yeah. 183,000 so over the bill at 33% Paul. at 33% yes yeah, so 47 grand odd you know to now, pay the revenue some people will say yeah but they have a house with no mortgage well <laughs> no, sorry, no, so, not so, necessarily like it depends how they pass away as well yeah. you know? yeah. so just oh, to it? say yeah, oh, just, just, just <laughs> can of worms. This is like a murder mystery yeah, involved. Yeah. Go, oh, I'll shouldn't just, have said that. Yeah. yeah. So, just to go through this from a financial planner point of view, uh, cohabitating couple buying a house. Uh, we're 100 percent up to date in this, and that we're writing that there's a 400,000 house, 200,000 inherited. You're only allowed to uh, inherit over 16k, so about 180 grand, 33 percent. Now, what happens next is you can, when you take a mortgage out, you take out a mortgage protection policy, okay? So when that partner passes or if that partner passes away, the mortgage is cleared. And as Shaleda said, you're right, you now have a mortgage-free property, but you have a tax bill. What you can do in this instance and what we encourage everyone to do is take out an insurance policy on the life of another. So what happened is that the spouses will insure each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's take it, let's say it was myself and Sarah and we weren't married yet. So before we were married, we were going to buy a house. I would insure Sarah for 50,000 euro and she would insure me for 50,000 euro. The premium would be about 10 or 15 quid a month. It'd be pittance. And it means then if I pass away, Sarah gets the 50 grand for the life policy and that pays the inheritance tax. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of, when you're going to get your mortgage protection policy or your policy for the bank, you're better off just getting three policies at the under, and it's pittance. It's really, really cheap. Uh, and then if you do get married, uh, and it's another reason to get married, is that you're going to save them the life insurance premiums. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So it's a really good romantic way of saying to somebody you want <laughs> yeah. to marry them. Yeah. In order to reduce my life insurance policies, I want to take you as my wife. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so just to, just to let people know there is a way to protect that from a financial planning point of view, but you're dead right, Jeff, from a legal point of view, it's a really good, good way to think about it. Wow. Okay. So if you have a, a house jointly with someone yeah. and you hold it as joint tenants and you leave your share in that house to somebody else, it doesn't matter what's in the will, it, the survivor, the joint tenant in the house gets it. Okay. So if I bought a house with my partner mm-hmm. and I let, and I died first and in my will, I said I wanted my sister to get my share of the house. She doesn't Can't get it. Can't get it for you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first way of doing the, 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 the joint tenant. The yeah. next way is... It's a tenants in common. So well, they, most people yeah. do that. Nobody does, do they? Or why would do you? Kind, do they? Well, yeah, they do. What do, yeah. do, does the tenants in common? Tenants in common means if you purchase it... So, so hypothetically, if you, went to, um, if you went to a bank to get a mortgage and we'd say one um, person in the relationship had received a gift towards the purchase of the property from a parent that person would likely buy a bigger share in the house because to avoid a tax liability for the non the child non child of the of the yeah. couple we'd say so um in circumstances like that people would buy it as tenants in common so the so the person who got the gift from the parents would own a higher share in the house yep and if one of them passed away um their share in the property would go in accordance with if they had will. The, a will it would go with what they put in their will. But if they didn't have a will, it would go in, in accordance with the rules of intestacy. That would mean if you your estate goes up. So back to your go, parents. So go back to your parents. So if mm. if you weren't married and um and your your parents were still alive and you bought a house with your partner and you died, your partner would own a house with your parents if you had no will. Yeah. There you go. Wow. So that is okay. really important yeah. for people to consider, especially in that because um, just to give a financial planning example, which I say from the uh, the gift. So say um, myself and yourself are buying a house together, Paul. Yeah. Uh, and my parents had gifted, the house was 400,000 and they gifted me 200,000 euro. Mm-hmm. 
if we bought the house together in common we, we, you would end up getting inheritance taxed because the gift from my parent would be going to buy the asset from yeah. me and you does that make sense yeah yeah so in order to get away from that that's why we put in place okay so just that example uh, myself and Sarah weren't married my dad gave me a gift and my parents gave me a gift and by the time I pass away they're passed away what happened in that case so you mentioned that goes up it what goes happens? up when your parents are alive, alive and if not it stays on the same level it'll go to your brothers, brothers and sisters, sisters. Well, okay. yeah. feel like we're in the crown here. Same here. Yeah, yeah. That's Are how you... I learned it in college. Up, up, and so down. Up. Oh. oh, down. Let's talk about down. <laughs> like bless There's, yourself. It's yeah. next. It's the next blood relative. So, so if you had um, niece or nephews, okay, or it's the next blood that you would keep. So if you've no brothers or sisters as well, all that no stuff. brothers or sisters. It would it's good down to the nephews. Down. Yeah. Oh no, Chris, the brothers. No, bro- no brothers and sisters. God, I have to think who's cousins. Your next blood cousins, probably. Cousins yeah. or aunties and uncles. Aunties and uncles. Because it goes back up to your parents, parents and back yeah. across their lineage. Wow. Are you Prince Harry or Prince William? Just thinking. And this episode, which one's better looking? Uh, well, it's, I'm gonna go with Harry because he's sounder. Sure, William. Oh, yeah, it's right, Harry. Harry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very good. And I just call my kid Archie as well, so yeah, probably that's gonna true, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I decline that one. All right. Okay. So from a will point of view, we've covered the, the the kind of structure from a property point of view, and the kids obviously, which is quite important. Anything else you think listeners need to be thinking about here from a kind of structural point of view with our estates? Um. Well, I suppose you've, you've co- your children would have to have a guardians appointed, which is usually the same as your executors and trustees, and that your guardian is only there until the child has reached the age of 18 years. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what if the kids are 18? What happens yeah. then? What happens? Yeah. You might have four children. Do you want everyone to go to them equally? Ah, um, no, you have a favourite. Yeah. I don't have favourites. <laughs> <laughs> but you you might have, like, I, I, like my mother would, all, oh, this is going to be Irish now, so my mother, oh, my sister isn't listening, my mother would always say there was four of us at home that we all were lucky enough to go to college. Um, three of us went to college in Galway. Um, we lived in Galway. There was free fees at the time. Um, so three of us were cheaper to run than the fourth. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. By the way, (laughs) I'm just going to say this. This is an outside Dublin country thing because the amount of people that come to us is we've got got clients from 26 counties, actually got clients around the world in fairness as well, but in Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland, 26 counties. I've seen some mad stuff, which I think is mad, where it would be the youngest is getting everything. Uh, I don't think that's mad yeah (laughs) (laughs) either either the way either either the way if my family (laughs) yeah Yeah, but no and again it's that cost thing it really is I'm not not being uh, any way mean but I I noticed that people from the country will typically say they have it really distilled into who cost what who got what and they're they're factoring your mum's factoring into her estate isn't she that's what you're going to say yeah Yeah. I, I just think yeah so my sister went to college abroad. She cost more. So she hadn't free fees and she mm-hmm. was had to study so she couldn't work. And yeah. So she was more expensive. Yeah. Than three of us. That's yeah, it's friends, family yeah, in America. Yeah. Yeah. So you can have something in your will to say, if you, someone can put something in the will to say, any advancement given to my children while they were alive is to be taken into account if, if it's to be distributed equally. Very so, good. So if there's four of us in our house and my parents died and there was 800,000 in their estate... Like, should we get 200,000 value each? Mm-hmm. Or should the fact that my mother may have spent 50,000 on my sister, mm-hmm. should that be taken into account and dividing it up? This is going on a poll on Instagram on the day. This it is, is long yeah. I'll tell you that now. But, but talking about family and stuff like that and contesting the will and stuff like that, uh, people coming into you talking about doing that. And Sorry, before we do the contest the will, you, 
I will always recommend someone speaks to a solicitor about developing the will. I've heard people saying you can write the will yourself, put it on your envelope, or put it in a Don't. drawer somewhere. Don't. I wouldn't recommend doing that either. But let's talk about why. So in your both opinion. of you are fairly, very strong according to Shane's oh, yeah, face. Never do that, no. Absolutely, do not. Do why, Shane, from your point of view? So you look. I mean, I go around giving these talks to companies all the time. The one thing I'll say is. Firstly, I don't think people charge enough for doing wills. They don't. No. They don't at all. And I, I think, don't. like, I'm not, not sure what your fees are for, for doing wills, but I've seen them relatively cheap they're right cheap. the way up. Yeah, Too they're cheap. very cheap. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, look, if someone comes to me to buy a house, I would often turn around and say, look, I mean, I'll do the will for you. You've given me the. Yeah, the, the business the, for the house. The yeah. house. yeah. No, I'll yeah. do that. But Fair I mean, I don't think you can pay enough. Don't do a do at home will or one of these things you can get on the website, a website because no. you don't know the rules around it. You'll find. That, you know, if I get a, sometimes I get a call only yesterday that um, someone had passed away and their daughter was looking to administer their, their estate. She was going to deal with the probate herself. And I said, OK, that firstly trigger is the first trigger. <laughs> yeah. wow. um, she's the only daughter and her father passed away first and then her mother passed away and her father had a big estate. And then I was like, second trigger because uh, the mother died soon after the father. And then she came in with a, a will. That wasn't witnessed properly. Okay. Wow. So, I mean, you don't know. I mean, I do it every day. So I can, yeah. you know. I think there's, an, and I, by the way, they, they. I think they're ridiculously cheap wills. I think, I, I think they, I think solicitors do charge way too less because the amount of, if you go to a solicitor, the amount of advice you get in that meeting that has a massive implication on your overall estate. Mm-hmm. And the well-being of your children, and there's so much of an implication of it being done correctly. I think they should charge more. I think you're dead right. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't no. do it. Do a DIY will myself at so all. So what if what if someone has done that then, and they come in with this will and just goes, okay, look, we actually found this in the safe, or you left it in an envelope because to give to a solicitor then. Like you can still, I mean, it's not to say that the the do it at home it isn't right, but the majority of the time it isn't. Hmm. So I mean, you may have someone come in. So if 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 you did a DIY will at home and you left everything in the will to your neighbour hmm. and your neighbour witness because you have to have two witnesses to the will. Yeah. If your neighbour witnessed the will, he can't benefit from the will because he witnessed it. Wow. Okay. So did you know that when you were doing the do it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or else have you got one That's of your kids? What if one of your kids witnessed it? One of your kids, they can't benefit from your estate. <laughs> there you go. It's like, all you know, yeah, there, there you go. Like, yeah, it's all written in crayon. Yeah. Uh, did you know that? I didn't know you needed two witnesses. I, did not know I thought that you could just write your own will and leave it and just yeah. sign it. You have to have a witness to it. So you have to have two independent witnesses there seeing that you sign the will and that I'm not signing it for them. And they can't be in the will themselves. The Obviously. witness can't. The witness can't be in the will. So I did a will for a friend of mine's brother and his wife during the week and it was on the way home from work he kept saying I need to do a will it was simple straightforward hmm. and he, I kept saying to him you know make sure there's an independent witness there because I'm on the way home from work there's nobody going to be with me oh I will I will I will and there wasn't can't be any of the kids because they're over the age, age of 18 years if you all die together it can't be your parents it can't be your brothers and sisters it just can't be any of them and sure enough I arrived at the house <laughs> and there was my friend in the front, front room for the witness and I said no ah. just in case yeah you're right yeah Yeah. so so um, no uh, it needs to be you need to have two witnesses it's so important I think it's such an important document to, like, of course yeah, it's, it's, huge. It's, it's hugely important that yeah. I just think getting an opinion and going into solicitors and paying a, a small bit of money in my opinion to be fair, uh, for yeah. a will is is a no-brainer. People would always say, them, I genuinely mean this, every time we speak to anybody and after we got a will, they say no, oh, we should do it, we're meant to do it. They never say, no, I'm not doing a will. Yeah. I've never met anybody in 20 years mm-hmm. that said, no, I'm not doing a will, don't want a will. They all will say, oh, I haven't got around to it, I must yeah. do it, I haven't got to it yet. Or oh, we keep talking about it, 
But for some reason, I know it's not a nice topic to talk about, but I think you're right. If you're dealing with the mortgage, with the solicitor, if you have a mortgage, just do it there and then and get it done um, and get it dusted. Most people leave it to each other and then pass it down to the kids anyway. Is there a legal requirement that you have to leave money to your kids? Not third no. year state, I mean, send your state. The only person you're legally obliged to leave anything to is a spouse. Right. Um, you don't have to leave it to your children, but you're advised to leave it to your children because if you don't leave it to a child in the will, so I mean, you, you will leave, first of all, if you're married, you usually leave everything to your spouse and then you provide for later on in the will what happens if yourself and your spouse go together. It goes to the kids. Yeah, it goes to the kids usually. Yeah. But if you leave one child out, it's not recommended even if you're estranged from that child because that child can then bring a section 117 application which is a claim mm. against the estate you have to prove though that that you weren't provided for during your lifetime it's very hard to get a success okay and is that the third rule then I'm thinking of a third rule from somewhere now or is that just a that's just a general general rule sorry when you say you have to prove it what do you mean by that Prove that you weren't provided for because you have to say they were they were neglect not neglect not, 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 not like you could it, it may have been a child that wasn't in the family you yeah. may have had a child before you married him so um, and if that child came back and made a claim against the estate that child would be sort of successful because they weren't provided for by that parent during yeah. their lifetime um, I've only ever seen one successful section one one seven application have ever. you yeah right, just okay. one yeah okay. so you'd ha- it was it was a child with a disability who was left out of the will and the brothers of charity took a case on behalf of the child. Fuck. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so for, for younger people as well... So um, say Paul's mum and dad leave him out of the will mm. because like, you know, he's what? caused him an awful lot of pain and heartache as, being, say that. as being an actor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's such high hopes. <laughs> My dad's tux is rotting away there. He thought he was going to the Oscars, yeah. Well, sorry, seriously, yeah. can he have a claim now against the how estate? Many, how many is in your family? Six. Four. Uh, four sorry, four kids. Four yeah, kids. Not six, four, kids. Yeah, four kids. So let's say the parents just leave, say, say, say the will is everything just to, to the, the tree. To everything to the tree and they exclude Paul for whatever reason. Hmm. So if you came to me and said, my mother left me out of my will, mm-hmm. her will, what, what, would you, what, what should I do? I said, yeah, you would, I would tell you to go back and tell the story how you feel you should... Be, would be entitled to something in the estate and okay. you have to remember that a section 117 application is taken in the high court are you going to be able to pay for that if it's not yeah successful? that's another thing yeah okay wow mum <laughs> if you're listening if you're listening I know the car don't is me, nice don't, but don't make me go to the high court but yeah. if you leave me out I'm fucking gone yeah yeah at least if you have to drive there yeah. oh no that means I'll be in the wheel yeah yeah, yeah your car won't be in the wheel yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I'll go to the high court for a golf yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, so if, if for for younger people that don't have you know <laughs> that in their lives where they have to be thinking about these things and whether they're successful in their youth or not financially or not um, w- do you get many people that are that are younger or is more mostly kind of married couples with mortgages and stuff like that no, or? you have you do have people yeah. like a lot of young people don't seem to mind making wills from that come in to me so I would I do try when someone buys a house now I, it's the one opportunity I'll say oh while you're here I'll just do a will with you yeah, yeah. Course, simple. that's great yeah. something simple if yeah. circumstances change if you have more kids come in yeah come in again to me and you know we'll do the but will but at least again. there's a basic or something written down yeah. somewhere yeah. yeah that's you will have but like you, you don't have a lot of young people making appointments just come in to make a will okay mm-hmm. yeah. it'll be when they're buying a house or when they're selling a house or something like that that you will have or maybe their parents might have passed away and I might have dealt with the probate and they say while we're here 
Ah, do a will. Very good they for They don't us. come in usually. It's hard yeah, to get the them book in. in the book, yeah. book in for yeah. a will. So let's talk about, so you're, you have a will. Can we talk about probate and the, the if you don't have a will, what happens? Because there's a bit of confusion out there to people what happens from a probate mm. point of view. Um, so do you mind bringing us through that? Hello. You know so what? if you... If you pass away without a will, you die intestate, right? Yeah. So that means this is where it's important to make a will. That means that your 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 estate goes in accordance with the law under the under the Succession Act of 1965. So you you if you pass away without a will, um, you have no executor, right? Because you haven't got a will, obviously. So you mm-hmm. have an administrator who has to step up to the job. So your administrator is your next of kin who's entitled to deal with your estate. So if you were married, your next of kin of your is your spouse. Yeah. Um, if you're not married, you're next, and your parents are alive, you're next kin of your parents. Um, so it's whoever is next in line, which is a very, very, very tough job for anybody to do. Yeah. So the real reason you should be getting the will is to protect somebody from doing this stuff, in my opinion, because yeah. it's heartbreaking. You yeah. don't want to be doing this for your 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 deceased spouse. You definitely don't want to be doing for your deceased child. Mm-hmm. You don't want your parents having to do it for you. In my opinion, I think it's, yeah, a, it's yeah. a really hard thing for someone to do. Sometimes it's never end. So I'm de- dealing it's with pain, one of them it, painful, it, yeah. it, at the moment, and it, I'll probably be retired before it's finished. This man <sighs> passed away with 19 nieces and nephews that don't talk. Oh my and god! And one of them, you you try to they all equally entitled to extract the grant because they're the next kin, and really it should be only two people signing paperwork. None of them want to. The whole lot, a whole lot of them are signing everything. They would. They all want Don't to. Don't trust each other. No. Jeez. They all had to agree. It's no. Yeah. 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 So wow. okay, yeah, yeah. let's go back to that's why you should have it. I think especially for even people that might be listening today that are single, they might think I don't need a will. Well, think about your parents because your parents are going to have to administer your estate and it's just a, it's a shit job to leave behind. I think. Yeah. And a will just gets you out of it. Even the will just says everything goes with mom and dad. That's it. It's yeah. done, and it gets them out of that horrible job. I've seen this in the past where people have to go through this, and like you mentioned that one, but even worse, I think for spouses that are left behind and they're trying to they're trying to grieve their partner or their spouse, and they have to go through solicitors and paperwork and probates and waiting periods, and you're constantly kind of being reminded of the events. Not that you're trying to forget about it, but you, you know what I mean. I, yeah, I just think yeah. it's it, it's horrible. Um, but so, also, if you if you pass away and you're married and you have children, your spouse is an automatically type everything. No, not no, t- will. no, but they're entitled to, to, no to be your, uh, tr- your, uh, no, they're to be your administrator. Your administrator, yeah, yeah, yeah sorry, they're yeah. not entitled to everything no. in the will, which is if you have minor children. That's where the third rule comes in, no? Yeah, so yeah, so, yeah two thirds, one third. Yeah. yeah, so that's like I mean, if you have minor children and you have everything you have is property, how yeah. are you going to deal with the property for the one third? Mm-hmm. You may have to lodge the proceeds of the sale of the property in court for the minor. Children. Oh yeah, that's not save. Wow, yeah, messy, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So if you have assets for children, you should. So, so let's take it. Somebody hasn't got a will. They pass away. It's let's just take it there again. They're they've got a, a spouse or the parents are going to be the administrator. It goes into probate. The time period is not to go through the process because we're here for a day on it. But um, yeah, let's just bring people through a kind of overview of what happens. So you have to gather in all the assets of the estate then. So you have to value, value all the assets. If there's property, it has to be valued by an auctioneer. If there's car, it has to be valued by a car dealer. If you have bank accounts or credit union accounts, shares, it all has to be valued uh, in a statement as at the date of the person's death. Um, so everything is at date of death. Right. Right. Mm. Um, and once the bank or whatever company, share company have your death certificate, everything is frozen. Okay. Unless you hold joint accounts with somebody... In a bank, it, it will automatically go to the joint account holder. Well, yeah. So 
but in pr- terms of probate it can't if someone passes away without a will a lot of the time there's assets there that someone might know about because you didn't have your schedule yeah. of assets completed or you hadn't got your financial planning done you don't know where this, everything is that, it, I mean that's it, what it, I spend months doing it's yeah, a nightmare wow. trying to track all this stuff especially bank accounts and you know yeah. um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go from my experience to pensions especially if someone's moved around that's you're, you've signed there straight away it's an absolute nightmare it's, it's genuine nightmare. and that's why I'm going to keep coming back to this I know it's a financial planning kind of topic but it's so important from a financial plan to actually have something where everything is yeah. the amount of people that come to me that don't know where they have their own pension like people come to me and say oh, I worked in you know Delville 12 years ago I don't know I don't know who to manage I don't know where the paperwork is don't have any documentation. I think there was a pension there. They go back and they got 50 grand sitting in a pension they didn't know about. Now, the estate will miss that. Because they don't, it does they, happen. Yeah, it does physically happen. doesn't know it's there. So, but that's why so financial... what happens to that then? It just gets... It will resurface eventually when the client comes to retirement days. The trustees will have to try and track down the yeah. client and then try, track down the estate. The estate uh, yeah. Eventually will find its way. But it'll be decades later probably. So that's why in a financial plan and a consultation, it's really important to get your assets together and have that honest conversation. But if, if you're in a relationship with somebody together, obviously, and then when a financial planner for stuff, well, because we're talking about the overall finances, and then you bring in the experts, like the solicitors or the tax advisors, mm-hmm. and it kind of grows from there. But the very foundation is the financial plan where you're kind of gathering all your information and you have it in one place. And it's a snapshot. At least you have it. Uh, but it's... it's, it's Sorry, the reason I'm asking people to go through this, or asking Sinead for people to go through this, is that I'm trying to scare people, to be honest with you, to say how much of an absolute shit show it is uh, if you pass away and you haven't got a will. It just makes everything extremely complicated. Mm-hmm. And you have to think about the people that might be left behind, because they're the people that will do the work. Yeah. You know, and have the turmoil of going through that. Especially parents for people that are single. I think it's horrible to have to do that for your kids' estate yeah. uh, and yeah. have to find all these things. Especially if your parents are anyway elderly. Like, my, like, you know, your parents could be in their 70s, 80s. They, they don't they, want to be dealing with that. Well, yeah. that, that, that they have to do it. They're yeah. not even the can't do it. So, yeah, yeah. So it, it's ridiculous. Um, okay, so that's probate. Anything else we think of uh, from a probate point of view that you want people to be aware of? Um, I suppose. I suppose really, the if you if you're in a position when you are alive, I mean, if you were lucky enough to have sort of spare cash lying around the place, not mm. that many people have that, but I mean, a lot of people don't know about the small gift exemption. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's the, when I say to people, it's the easiest way of avoid paying revenue tax, their eyes light up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So is, for example, when I started working in my current job over 10 years ago, um, this woman came into me and she was widowed. Her husband had passed away when the kids were young um, and she was, her mortgage paid off. Um, she worked, she was a teacher and she had two other properties. And at the time she came in to me, she, she had three children and she said, um, I'm going to spend everything now that I have, but I'll make this will with you and everything between them. Straightforward. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a little envelope and she said, that's a little letter of wishes that I'll place with the will for when I pass away. So that's fine. We had a chat. The envelope went into the safe. And she said, when I'm dying now, I'm going to tell my daughter to ring you. And I said, that's fine. Tell her to ring me. So a couple of years later, her daughter rang me and said, and my mother told me to ring you about um, her will. And I said, oh, you know, I, you know, she hadn't passed away yet. She said she's in the hospice. And I said, she's mm. told me to get you to get out the will. And there's a little letter with it. And I had to check first, was she the executor? Because I don't want to talk to the executor. Yeah, yeah. And the little letter had had a list of funeral directors she wanted to deal with her funeral, and which wasn't many. <laughs> like she, she had a list of who she didn't want to. But she also had a note, say, after the funeral, to, to, to um, there's a drawer in the front room with a lock on oh, it. I love this. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so she had put for 30 years, she'd put 3000 euros a year into a bank account that she'd open for each of the children in their names. So they oh had like God. 90,000 euros in a bank account each in their names. Oh, Just geez. to say, she should have put an investment account because the returns would have oh, been yes, really high compared to a cash account. Sorry. <laughs> Just, just to qualify. I just got a percentage that is going through the roof. Here, just yeah. got to go in here and say inflation <laughs> alone. Uh, but uh, you, something like that. No, to plan. you're right. Yeah, it is. It's amazing that's what she lovely. does. That, that's so clever. Uh, again, we we, we oh, that's lovely. You can do this. Uh, I'm just saying through an investment account. We do this for clients of time. You can set the investment account up for your children uh, in the trust of the children to get the eighteen. You put three grand in every year. It's a yeah. really really cool thing to do. Myself as do for the kids as well, because yeah. um, it's an easier way to pass a state over. But yeah. um, it's quite clever. The other ways to do this as well from financial management point of view is obviously you have up to that three hundred thirty five thousand euro limit uh, before tax kicks in, um, and you can take out. I mentioned this before when the podcast a section seventy two policy okay. is, and now. Though. They're not. Are so they not? Royal London have a phenomenal contract, uh, which is it's not uh, reviewed anymore. So years ago, you're right. A lot of yeah. people think they're too expensive because it would have been reviewed every five years or ten years. They're not. It's a guaranteed premium for looking, life. Yeah. It's amazing. But also, if you pay the premium that contract for over fifteen years, if you cancel the premium they will guarantee to pay out the life assurance policy whenever you die in the future. So you only have to pay the point for 15 years. And if you're under 50 years of age, the life assurance guaranteed to pay up more than you paid in. It is a complete no-brainer. It's probably the most... It's the best financial product I've seen in the industry in 20 years. It's a new Section 72 policy. It's section, on, could you say it again? It's a Section 72 policy. What basically means, Paul, when you pass away... So if myself and Sarah have one again for the kids... So we're both insured it. If I die first, nothing happens. And then when Sarah dies, it's called joint life second death. When she passes away, uh, which hopefully will be after me, I will die first. When Sarah passes away after me, say the policy is a million, the million be paid out to the estate, but it doesn't get calculated in the capital acquisition, the overall estate. So we have 10 million in the estate. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make it 11 million. And they can take that 1 million and pay it to revenue so they're not actually discharging any of our assets to pay the tax. The life insurance policy basically pays tax. Anybody listen that needs an advice to this, I, I tell you, if you have an estate and you have kids, the younger you get these policies, the cheaper they are. Mm. Uh, and I will say, it's single-handedly the best financial product I've seen uh, come into the industry in the last 20 years. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, it is really, really good. But there's loads of other ways which we, we, we'll get into. But um, one thing I will say is, can we talk through people just so they know what happens from an inheritance tax point of view, how quickly they have to pay the inheritance tax mm. yeah. and how it's calculated? Because people don't understand this. They really need to notice. I mean, if someone passes away with a will, um, after unless they are coming into, unless they're utilising the property. So a lot of the time, if it's a bank account, the bank accounts will be frozen until probate issues. Mm-hmm. So if I have to, if I have a bank account that has 500,000 euros in it, it was to be divided between three children, the, the 500,000 euros is not going to be released until probate issues. Hmm. So if probate issues to me on the 31st of July yep. of this year, I'm always weary this time of year about probate issues. So if, yeah. if it issues on 31st of July, the tax is due by the 31st of October. Okay. Right. Wow. So if if it, if the if it was a property that was worth 500,000 euros and the, and it was left to one person, one daughter, and the probate issued on the 31st of July, she is liable to pay tax by the 31st of October this year. But they might not, they might not be able to sell the property. They don't have the cash. Well, they don't have the cash. They don't have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, might, they might be able so to sell it. So how do you get around that? Or what's well, you can't. They have to pay the bill. And then... The revenue and don't the care. Revenue don't care. And they start don't the money Interest and penalties start accruing fairly quickly. So I'm it's panicking a, here. I don't I, even have it. Have it. Like, no. <laughs> well, hang on a sec. What about, I don't have that money. <laughs> wow. So you might have to get a loan 
against this the happens house. all the time like this time of year I'm always weary of submitting probate because, yeah. I was going to say because can you not you personally keep I, I would it? never do this of course you would no. never do this but can you delay it can no. someone delay it oh, well probate issues probate issues probate issues probate issues but if if you're gathering the information Sorry, and what? you don't probate have it issues. if you don't have time if you don't have it submitted by a certain time it's unlikely to come out by mm. the, the yeah yeah okay can, can, can I just throw something in here for listeners this yeah. is this is being an adult and nobody likes to talk about people dying or estates or, you know, inheritance tax and all this. Mm-hmm. This is a awkward conversation, but it's something that every single one of us needs to have. Yeah. So whether you're married and you're looking at your kids, looking down on your kids, or whether you're looking up at your own parents and thinking, what actually happens here if they do pass away? Because you're going to have to deal with it at some stage. Yeah. <laughs> There's two things in life that are guaranteed are death and taxes. Yeah. Uh, and what we're talking about is probably going to save, number one, a lot of heartache. Uh, a lot of stress and dra- drama to be trauma to people after someone's passed away, uh, and thirdly, probably going to save you money if you put a right plan course, in place yeah, from yeah. a financial planning point of view. It's a really, really important topic, and yeah. I, I really encourage everybody to to take action after listening to this podcast. I know we've done loads of podcasts, we've loads of different episodes. We talked about cars, talked about holidays, we talked about like pensions, investment. This is actually probably the most important topic because it happens on, on a really bad event. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like retirement when you're retiring and you're stopping work, you've loads of money and you're setting off the sunset to have a nice yeah. life. This is after someone's passed away um, and you don't need the stress. So taking some simple... about that side of things. Yeah, yeah. So, so taking some simple actions out of today's podcast, it, it, it's just so important. Yeah. Uh, and reaching out for, again, whether it's me or somebody else who may make a difference, and uh, I was Sinead and her sister... It, getting really good advice and people around you to discuss this topic with I can't stress it's the most important topic we've covered in our podcast series what and is, I will say that if I, if I was listening to this if, if I, whatever what's the first thing you would do in terms of I know it's like, oh just contact the solicitor but like what's the, what would you actually well it's putting your asses together I think yeah. I would I'm going to say the financial start, kind of, yeah. I'm going to say financial plan first I'm probably going to say give a shout because and I, just to amass all the assets together and have a look at the tax implication because again by the time you go to Sinead she'll want to have that list yeah. but also want to know what you're doing with, with, with event so you might have two kids three kids parents alive brothers and sisters uh, you might be using a small gifts exemption so there's a few things you probably know about before you go to this list or from a yeah. financial planning point of view in my, in my, yeah. in my opinion um, so think financial plan get everything together get an opinion from a tax point of view on the financial plan then get the solicitor involved is what I would say yeah because you need they that come asset to me then I, they, they should really have a financial plan because a lot yeah. of time someone comes to me and they will sit there and I'll say well what do you want and she goes well what would you think I should yeah do? you can't give the advice <laughs> I mean I can't yeah. I mean what are your assets how do you want to plan how do you want to spread them out to avoid yeah, yeah. Um, unnecessary tax for potential beneficiaries um, and that's what you need to think I mean it's awful when someone passes away with no will yeah. and you have to bring in their next of kin and a lot of the time the next of kin just yes. there might have been, it might have been a husband who paid all the bills and yeah, it's a, it's paid the mortgage and the house might might have been his sole name because he built it on his family farm yeah. and it's like I mean I had a woman that came into me and her husband passed away and her children were over the age of 18 years and she said she had never paid a bill in her life ever Wow. Yeah. That's like, that's not sorry, not for women by the way being disrespectful, oh, no, but that's not that uncommon for people being in relationships like that. Once paid a bill. Yeah. Wow. She hadn't a bank account. She had she hadn't a clue. Mm. So sad. I, you know? Look, I am trying not to get to yeah. pulling the heartstrings here, but like I said earlier on, this is such an important topic and you had to think about the people that have been left behind. Not much to think about. Um nobody likes paying tax. If you're gonna you can reduce your liabilities 
you just need advice I say, uh, look, it's, anybody. Gonna, it's gonna happen it's yeah, necessary it, 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 it is, it is yeah. gonna happen it, it is necessary just, just one question that I did that did come in um, from Instagram we were saying we're gonna do this episode today was divorces and people that are getting separated uh, and their estates and wills so let's say a couple married have a will they separate they haven't divorced they've separated moved in with different people lives moved on what if they haven't made a new will does the old will still stand? Yeah. Unless if, if if someone passed away and they were married, unless they're formally divorced okay. or formally separated and have renounced their succession okay. rights in each other's estate. So when you get separated, you can renounce them yeah. as well. So that's fine. Yeah. yeah. So, but if you're not legally separated um, or not legally divorced, you're still intertwined to that will. Yeah. Okay. If you pass away and you are not legally separated, not divorced, and you have a will together, uh, but you've cut that other person isn't in your will. So sorry, you've no will and it goes to probate. Mm. Is that person still legally your spouse yeah. and could be the administrator of your will? Yes. Great. Okay, very good. That's We'd have to make those inquiries if someone, yeah. say, we, if a child came to me, we would say, was your, your deceased parent married? And if they say yes... Were they formally divorced or formally separated? Yeah. Say no. That's the then. only question we have that we didn't cover. We got loads of questions in, um, and we've covered them all really mm. in relation to our chat today. But that was the one thing that was probably not that we didn't kind of touch on. So it's yeah. great so when, to get when that you complete off. the probate documentation. You so if someone comes to me, I always have to make sure that they are the next of kin if the person right. is died out of will. So you swear on oath, like a court document. Oh, to say okay. You are okay. the next of pers- person entitled. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Very good. And so, so you know, if someone makes a claim after the probate issues then there's a problem like very wow. good um, can I oh, sorry go on huh? no I was going to wrap up but go on oh same you know here yeah uh, can I ask what probably most people are waiting to hear um, from this podcast what's the maddest death that you've had to deal with <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking <laughs> he's not uh, I'm messing I'm messing I, ha- I did have a will when I started um, oh, oh I was only that joking, yeah. everything was left this woman passed away very wealthy and everything was left to a dog's home what happens in that situation is the case wow. Paul's mum and dad does that yeah we don't even have a dog but you don't have mad. to have a dog you have a cat exactly yeah, you can not. leave a lot of people will leave um, yeah. bequests to Ugh. charity huh a lot of people will leave massive bequests to charity fair play them wow but a dog dog's home, like dog's it, was, home. it was a registered charity <laughs> wasn't it <laughs> that's happened though that's happened. Oh, that happened. That happened quite recently. A massive, massive estate went to a dog, and it was a. Um... That was a, a wolf decision. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> I think we're gonna have to wrap things up. If you're out for a run and you've just stopped, just walk home. Like, okay, <laughs> listen, Shalai, thanks a million for coming into us and thanks for making it so easy. Yeah, yeah, uh, because, really clear, yeah. you know, um, it, it, it genuinely is such a big topic for people. Um, and I think you've made it really easy for people to digest and understand it better. Uh, and I'm not, no doubt that this has created a lot of value for people listening to it. Yeah. I know it's a nice topic to talk about all the time, or necessarily. Uh, but uh, yeah, thank you for your time and coming into Sims 7 Pod. Thanks so much, Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Two Pauls on a Pod podcast. If you've liked what you've heard today, please don't forget to subscribe to more episodes. We'd love to hear from our listeners. So if you have any financial questions or if you have feedback from the show, just go to askpaul.ie or check out Paul's Instagram account on Ask Paul. And don't forget you can find Paul Reed on Paolo Rito on Instagram. Thanks, Paul.